Parenting is hard, but there's help. Welcome to Everyday Parenting with Mary Beth Henry, a licensed marriage and family therapist and parent educator. Everyday Parenting utilizes face-to-face unscripted interviews with real parents, but names have been changed to protect their identities. Everyday Parenting will be out with new episodes every two weeks for our first season. Today's episode is brought to you by Jabberdogs. Speech, language, and communication play a vital role in our lives. Without it, children have difficulty communicating their basic needs and can struggle academically or with peers. At Jabberdogs, speech-language pathologist Stephanie Mashek can help you or your loved one become a successful communicator. Based in Pasadena, California, Jabberdogs offers private speech and language therapy at affordable rates. They also take insurance, including Blue Shield and Anthem Blue Cross of California. Visit Jabberdogs.com for more information. That's J-A-B-B-E-R-D-O-G-S dot com. In today's episode, Mary Beth speaks with Maya, a mother of three. Maya is someone I saw in parenting classes a few years ago. When I first met Maya, she was overwhelmed with her twin boys, Sam and Stephen, and her older daughter, Molly. Please tell me what's going on now. Give me an update on the children. Um, what's happening with them and grades and ages and... Okay. And what challenges? So Sam and Steven, those are my twins. They're five. They'll be six in April. They're in kindergarten, yeah. which is a really big change for us. That is a great, yeah. um, they were in preschool. They were in kind of school and stuff before, but it's really different being in in uh, kindergarten now. Is it a half day program or full day? Or? It's a half day program. Okay. And they have something called aftercare, mm-hmm. which is the other half of the day. So they're oh, okay. in school full time Okay, so that I can work. And uh, Molly, Molly is eight, going on wow. 13. <laughs> and she's that, in third grade. Right. <laughs> yeah, she's in third grade. She's so smart. She's doing so well. But, you know, like anything, we have we have the changes associated with, you know, that third grade, the second grade. It's very an emotional time for her. Okay. In addition to stressors at home, Maya has a challenging career leading a team, and she sees the similarities between her work and home lives. So I'm a nurse practitioner, and I work with primarily young women. Mm-hmm. And I work in a small clinic, which means that it's me with a lot of other people helping me. Yeah. So I'm the primary provider in this clinic. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of the things that I do depends on how well other people do their job. And a lot of my stresses is dealing when people don't do their job, so I can't do my job. And when I can't do my job, things are unsafe. Things um, don't go effectively. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I I miss things that make me feel bad in my care of of a patient. Yeah, yeah. And my primary stresses is really how I deal with other people. Like my knee-jerk reaction to something going wrong is the same as my knee reaction to my kids. Yes. And I have a really hard time modulating myself and my reactions to other people. So that's, again, my, my kind of ongoing journey that I've been dealing with. The, the fact that you said that when you, when you miss things and, you, and when you can't manage and when you miss things with your patients and with your care, um, you find that with your children too, that you miss those, <clears throat> you miss those moments and, those, and not the moments, but the um, intricate details of your own children, those little cues. And that's something that I think way back when you were telling me too, just the little when you, when you would talk to me, it was about those little clues, those little cues. Right. What am I missing? What am I not seeing? Right. And I think that's our challenge as parents is we, we think we should see these things, right? We think we should know. 
We think we should understand. But there are little, little innuendos that challenge us because we ourselves are challenged. And so once again, you know, why do you, what, when you're at work and you get overwhelmed, what is your reaction? What, what do you first do? I think I first am very deliberate and try and correct something. And then I correct it. And then I correct it a little bit more. And I get a little louder. And then yeah. finally I'm like, come on, really? Why yes. am I having to deal with this over and over again? It's the same thing that I do with my children. That yes. makes me nuts. <laughs> yeah, those, I've heard those words before. <laughs> I really try so yeah. hard. Yeah. And it's like this mindfulness thing. You know, you're, you're really trying to watch what you're saying and you're trying to pay attention to the cues. And then it just, that's my stress. That's my explosion. And I, yeah. that's my problem at work and at home. Okay. All right. So let's look at step by step. So let's just look at the the not when you first start observing behaviors. Let's just now take our information. No, we know who you are at work. Mm-hmm. We know what you're challenged with. When you take that home, when you see your own children, what is how how is your vision of your children? Are you when you when you see them when you first see them when they come home? What is your deliberate mindfulness that you're trying right now or in the past what has been your approach when you see your children upon arrival i i love picking up my kids they're so joyful you know you see their faces and they look at you and say mom and then you know you're just like your heart is full of love and then you know we get all our stuff and we start walking out the door and then they immediately break for the playground and i put my hand on my forehead and I'm like, oh my God, it's we're never going to get home. Mm. I have to make dinner. I have to get them home. We have to get this done. We have to, because by the time I pick them up, it's like five o'clock. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, you know, we have to have dinner by six so that we can start getting ready for bed by 7.30 so yeah. they can yeah. be in bed by eight so we yeah. can turn yeah. the lights off at 8.30. And it's like, I hate to say that everything is like really planned out and there's time slots we can get everything well, done. But I mean, that's that is life. Real, that is the reality of coming. Yes, that is definitely the reality. So when you first pick them up at five o'clock, when you greet them, and when you see them and they are joyful, they're they're exploding to see you. You're exploding to see them. What right there have you ever communicated to your children at that point to say, here's our agenda. Here's our plan. I'm so glad to see you. I'm so glad to see mm-hmm. you. Um, and we need to head home. That's the last thing, right? They want to hear from you. Right. The last thing. I know it. When, when they run off to the playground, what do you think they're really trying to communicate to you? When they run off and, wow, we're free. We're with mom, <laughs> right? It's almost that feeling, right? Yeah, no, they, totally. And you're like, oh no, oh no, we can't have freedom. We can't have freedom. <laughs> we need to get on task, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's really how it is. They've been playing all day. Just like they, but I mean, it's very, it's very organized, their play, just like at school. You know, everything is very mm. strict. Everything's not strict as in, you know, it's we have to follow a schedule. We've yes. got a time for this. Yeah. We've got a time for that. You've got time play. You've yes. got activities. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, in order for people to manage a large amount of children, it has to be regulated. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. And the instant that they are allowed to do something that they want is the exact instant that I don't want them to do what they yeah. want. So yeah. I, I give them some time and I say, okay, don't forget. We have to mm-hmm. get home mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You can You can have time. You know, but it's not enough time for them. And no, I get yeah. that. And pulling them away is horrendous and it's yeah. stressful for me. Yes. And it's stressful for them. As I know, I've known Sam and Stephen since they were toddlers. Yeah. And they, they always valued unorganized time. <laughs> they always valued the time that they had to go and explore and see because that's what they crave more than anything else. That's, and then, now they're in kindergarten. So they are, you're right, in a very structured environment. 
And they're clearly saying, when we see you, mom, we know that you know us. And we know that you will give us a chance to, to have this freedom. The problem is it's the, at the wrong location. They can have that freedom. You just need to get home. And that's the piece we have to teach them and make them aware of. They can have that freedom. I think, unfortunately, the freedom that they want, which is their climbing and running yes. and playing, is not a freedom that we have at, at home. home. Yeah. Yes, and that and, is... You know, we don't have a yard. Um, and I think they're, they're running and climbing and, and jumping and sliding and yelling time is right there is, at that moment. Is right there. And mm-hmm. when they get home, I mean, we have books, we have Legos, we yes. have toys. But it's inside. It's inside and it's, I, I get and that. And they can't I jump and climb on their beds because they already know what happens okay. when that happens. So, okay. I mean. Now, Sam and Stephen, when they were younger, just so I have a little insight to their energy level, is it the same as they were? So they do crave, I mean, they're typical. They're, um, they're bo- typical, Typical yeah. young, young boys. Yes, yeah. They really do crave and want that. Two twin boys, young, that love love to play and love to be outside and love to have that structure. But the reality is we do need to get home. And the reality is they have been at, at school playing. So that discussion still has to go on. I think, still they has don't, to be that I think they're not allowed to use that portion mm. of the playground okay. because it's for the older kids. Okay. Okay. Um, it's, it's a dome and it's a very large kind of a structure. So Got the it. kindergartners use the kindergarten structure, which is smaller. Got it. They have a separate okay. area for them. So they see a great advantage of this yeah, and a great fun I, in this. Okay. And now, right. now that you're kind of telling me about the importance of this and why this section is important, like this section of their day, mm-hmm. I think I need to just pick them up 15 minutes earlier and let them play for 15 minutes. And I, this I is their time. A, I think so. I think so. I think you're right on. Maya starts to understand here the importance of seeing how the children's behavior at home is affected by the transition and lack of connection from school to home. That connection can be enhanced by joining the children in their environment at school. They can stay for 10 to 15 minutes, slow down, and she can be present with the children before making the transition to head home. That's exactly it it's it's yeah. being it's understanding that the you know the real need there and it, it doesn't always go with our schedule and we we think it's our schedule and they have their they have their needs too yeah. that's um i think that's a need that's going to have to be met yeah yeah I, I agree um that was something i was going to say and mention that you know and i so you you did it you came up with it you got it see <sighs> if, if, if we just sit back and look at those yeah. pieces and it's not so much yes it's our logistics it's our needs as a parent but it's also looking at our children's needs our children's basic needs yeah. and the the way they and if you look at their behavior as a communication right their behavior is clearly communicating to you what the need is and that's how they've always been always have been that way they've always Always. been like that (laughs) they never wanted to participate in the reading time or you know the even the group time you know the group play they always just wanted to to run and do what they wanted and yeah yeah but i shouldn't expect that to be different no i mean this is who they are but but they always were very attuned to um people they knew what we were doing they knew the routines They, they really were very observant of everything going on but they also are very physical yeah. And that physical need outweighs everything. I was getting communications from the the teachers mm-hmm. um, that the boys were hitting or pushing or punching or fighting with each other, not mm-hmm. as much with other children. Mm-hmm. And this is a problem that I have at home. Okay. 
Um, so I try to develop this. Uh, I got a book and it was called Hands Are Not For Hitting. Mm-hmm. And we read it together and we talked about not pushing and not hitting and how hands are for loving. And we read it together a couple times. Yes, yes. And then I made this helping hands chart. I'm trying to you, figure you, out. You're doing, I'm trying you're to doing figure all out. of it. Like, you're oh doing all the pieces here. Maya has come up with an incentive system to encourage acceptable behavior at after-school care. She rewards the twins with 10 minutes of video game time on the Wii. Great. The problem is, is now they always want to just play the Wii. They'll just run home and play the Wii and then, you know, oh, we had our thumbs up. And I'm like, but we need to do other things. So it's, I'm having a hard got it, time got it. bringing in other things like chores or, okay. or okay. putting away their book bag or I'm trying to figure those things out. So we've worked on the hitting at school. And then now when they're hitting at home, I'm trying to say, well, you're not going to get a thumbs up with me. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. then, you know, you can't play the Wii or you can't do this or, and I don't like how that's going because then it's automatically a, no, you can't play Wii. No, you can't play Wii. No, that's the first thing that I take away from them. And I'm having problems with when I turn it off, especially... Steven, he will throw a fit when it's time. And I'll set a timer on my watch or I bought a little timer. And when the 10 minutes goes off, they'll hide the remote. They'll (laughs) start screaming and throwing things. And Mm. I mean, he'll throw the remote. He'll throw the Wii remote. That's okay. You don't get to play tomorrow. Mm. And then he'll still, I don't care. And then he'll scream more. I said, that's okay. You don't get to play on Wednesday. And you don't get to, and then he'll finally calm down. And then he'll say, but I want to. And I'll say, but you don't get to because you were whatever, whatever, what yeah, I'm trying to be yeah, really calm. Yeah. But I want to. I'm like, but we've discussed this. You were throwing a fit and you. I told you before you're going to lose this. So it ends up being, you know, a week with no we. Mm-hmm. And it's just this whole mess. It takes like 15 minutes for him to calm down and realize that he's really not going to be able to play the we for a week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah. It, it, the games we play, right? As parents, yeah. we try to find commodities that work. And, and I don't like it, but... Yeah, well, it, it's it's a good and, and bad piece. I mean, it's a challenge, but I think we have to look at how it's really being used and, yeah. and the threats we have to make constantly. Um, remember, you know, Stephen, uh, I remember very early on, you know, transitions are not his thing, ever. Um, so for him to transition from activity to activity... Um, is you know a typical child response? You know, I don't want to do that. I cannot right. do that. I I don't want to make that transition. I'm very much into this activity, and it's hard for me. Um, and so if we remember back <clears throat> something I taught you years ago, and and remind you of that fact, um, of how to make transitions. Um, it all goes back to the whole conversation we have of leaving school, of leaving the activity, moving on to the next piece. And I think now we, we kind of know what the kids' needs are. We're still going to have that discussion with them about, right. I understand what your need is. I get it. When I pick you up, I know you really want to have that time to play. And I'm going to enjoy that time with you versus sitting there commiserating about it. I'm going to enjoy it with you. And that's one piece. So that's a transition you're going to make because you're going to talk to them about that. And in that process of talking to them about that transition, you're going to teach them about the value of understanding each other. That I understand what your need is, right? And if you do that and respect that piece about them, children usually turn around and start understanding what our needs are. So that getting home and getting things done, right, is the next piece. Now, Let's talk about that transition home. Because okay. you say when you get home, 
the challenge is that they won't go right to the Wii. They want to go right to the Wii and nothing right. else gets done. Chores, everything dropped on the floor, every, literally in the kitchen. I've got shoes, I've got bag, I've got lunchbox, everything. All, yeah. whoa, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> exactly. So once again, a conversation, a talk about the schedule and routine when we get home. The we is part of the schedule. Mm -hmm. The reward is part of the schedule right. from good behavior of the day. But it's on the schedule. It isn't when you come in and demand it. Because right now, when they pick, when you pick them up, they command that. You're going to switch it around where you're going to tell them, this is the new schedule. Do you understand the mm -hmm. difference? Before the child controls it. Right. You know what the need is. And you know you can make it, you can accommodate it. So you're going to switch it around. And you're going to dictate, I know this is going to be, this is going to be our new schedule. I get it. Do you see how that's going to work? You're right. going to vocalize that. So the okay. same thing's going to happen at home. When you get home, you're going to create with your children in the next couple days, you're going to create with them a routine of the afternoon or the evening when you get home. These are the things. It's going to be a, a checkoff list for each child, okay. a visual checkoff list okay. so they can see. So this will be Sam's checkoff list. This will be Stephen's checkoff list. This will be Molly's checkoff list. I like to just make it on the computer, write it out, laminate it, give a dry erase marker, hook to it. Okay. And let so them when do they get themselves. home, everything on that routine, walking in the door, where do they put their things? So there should be organized that space. So when they walk in the door, there's a space right there where their things should go. Shoes, backpack. And then what is next? What else do you want them to get done before the we, where else could you add it in there strategically? What would be the okay. best place to put it? What it might be after dinner, you know, it might be come home, get bathed, all that. Or I mean, mm -hmm. kind of pick the best right. spot for it. It isn't always good to walk in and do it right away because that, then the transition is I have to go take a bath. I have to eat. Those aren't kid friendly things. Yeah. All right. So where could it be placed in that schedule where it's very strategic? And so see, having them put off the Wii makes them like, but I want to, but I want to, but I want well, to, but, but I want to. And but then, if it's on the schedule, yeah, that takes the ease. Okay. When a child has to ask or have control over the laptop, the computer, you know, the screen, any kind of screen time, mm -hmm. if they have to ask for it constantly, they're learning to control it. Yeah. So we're just going to put it on the routine. So they don't have to keep on asking, when is it, when is it, when okay. is it? They'll know. You get this, this, and this. You're in control of that, of getting those things done. You can choose. You do it, and then you get the reward. You're giving them people checkoff lists, and you're praising when they do yeah. make small steps. When they do walk in that door, and they start walking towards the bin to put their shoes in. Not, they put their shoes in the bin. Right. They're walking towards the bin. Right. That's Sometimes right. we jump too far, and in that process of jumping too far, we've, we haven't really encouraged the smaller steps. Yeah, like... Good job on your work towards this. I think that's yeah. Yeah, and, something and I need as to you're acknowledge. you're in the car driving home on the way home, yeah. what are you going to be saying to them? And I think we do say that. They all can tell you. Like, okay, remember guys, when we get home, what's the first thing we do? Yeah. Take off your shoes. Where do they go? In the shoe bin. Then what do we do? Take off our socks. Where do they go? Yeah. In the laundry bin. Where do you put all your right. backpacks? Okay. On the hook. So, all right. But then so it's they just got the, it. All right. So they've got it. So <laughs> they got it. They've got the they got the routine. They've internalized <laughs> it. But what happens from the car, right? You're saying, what happens from the car when we get in the house? It all goes it away. It all goes away. Because the brain is so used to moving, hearing, you know, re repeating, 
And then when they actually move their bodies, their bodies and their brains are not working together. Once they start moving that body, all everything goes out. Everything. So we have to stop the brain. So the way you stop the brain from making those leaps is at, you know, once they get out of the car, you are going to touch them in some way. So in a positive touch. <laughs> so Sam or Steven might enjoy, right. you know, a, a pat on the head or up on the back. You know, we're almost, we're getting to the door. And then same thing with Molly. And, and Molly, Molly, <laughs> dear Molly, Molly's, you know, she's been lost in this translation <laughs> of having two twin brothers, a lot of energy, right? And Molly, tell me about her entrance into the home. Because we talk about Sam and Stephen, but what about Molly? When, when she gets home, she walks in that door. What are, what are her, what's her intentions? What is she, what is she looking from, for you? Her She's getting are, ignored by me, poor thing. Um, she knows what to do. A lot of times she'll do what she needs to do. She's not as much in terms of like, you know, opening the backpack and, and giving me her water bottle or anything. Cause there's these steps that I want to get done. I'm trying to establish a routine, mm -hmm. but you know, she'll automatically go and start playing with this or start doing that or read a book. That's, she loves to read, mm -hmm. but not at the best times. Got it. She likes to read Got at the it. dining table. Okay. She likes to read in the bathroom. Okay. She likes to read in bed with a flashlight. Mm -hmm. I've had to hunt the flashlights out of her bed many times. Um, and she wants to do things with me, which makes me want to cry because I can't do things with her. I'm in the middle of doing dinner and she says, mom, let's sew something. Mom, let's do this together. Mom, let's. I'm like, baby, I can't. I'm making dinner. Do you want to help me? And she'll say no. Mm. So mm. it's it's hard for her. Yeah. And I it makes my heart really sad yeah. when I can't yeah. do those yeah. things with her. Yeah. But she wants time with me and it doesn't work. Okay. So uh, can I throw a little reality into your life? <laughs> so six o'clock, you know, 5.30, we're home. Five to eight, you have your children. Right? Yeah. The reality is, and that's so why I want to take this guilt of you off. The reality is um, people usually don't find time to sew and to do all <laughs> sorts of crafty little things with their children during that time. Those are, those are weekend activities. Those are things that we have to really plan. So knowing this is what she wants. This is what her craving is. This is what she's. Right. And I love the fact. I, I just heard something really amazing. And I love the fact that you invite her to help you cook. You invite her into your world. Because that's the important piece. She's, when she walks in that room, rocks in that house, she needs to know that she's invited back into this family. And that's what all children need to know. Right. We have to reintroduce them. When a spouse comes home, that's the other piece. We have to invite everyone back into that family and greet them. It's the same thing with our children. We have to invite them into the home, look at the routine, have that basic routine, but understand we have to invite them to do things with us. So Molly, when Molly, when you just said Molly picks times to read, you know, all the times she's chosen to read, two of them are, are really fine. <laughs> the, the, at the table, not so much because that's family time. But she's obviously doing that. She's trying to make you aware of what she's doing. Mm -hmm. And she knows it's a positive piece because I know you love to read. Maya places a great value on reading and Molly has embraced it. Unfortunately, her reading time sometimes leads to power struggles, like when Molly tries to sneak reading in at bedtime. This is something that she really craves, that own independent time. Right. At the end of the day, to have that reading time. 
could once again could you say in in your in her routine respect that piece and say I know you at the, when I'm done reading and dad's written and we have our reading time I know you still crave to read some more let's schedule it in yeah instead of fighting her about that giving her that piece and just saying it out loud then she doesn't have to sneak it no it's it's true like to actually respect call it out that. this call is her reading out. time yeah. on the yeah. on, on the log cuz she has she does a reading log at school too it's a positive it's a positive yeah, piece it totally and, and is. why do like i have to be... control it again yeah. right so find the things that we need to control find the things that we can let control of work and home mm-hmm. work and home control right yeah I'd love to give up control. I don't want to control. Please, <laughs> just take it. Take it. <laughs> it's about picking and choosing. Yeah. And parents, we have our children for a short, short period of time during the day. We feel we need to control that it all to make it all happen. Yeah. It's just hard when you have somebody else. Like my husband, he's not as as not strict on bedtime routines, but he's a lot more, oh, let's watch a Mickey video when Mm -hmm. we're done brushing Mm -hmm. our teeth. But then that gets into two Mickey videos and it's like 8.20 and I finally come into the house because I had to run an errand or something. I'm like, what? You guys aren't, you know, so. Yeah, and and so it it would take that one little piece Mm -hmm. of of a spouse wanting to have their special moment with their children. I get it. So add that into his life. Let's not focus that on the weeknights when we have this more structured routine, right. but maybe the weekends that you could make him in charge of what? Creating that time. He can have Sunday, Saturday afternoons where he creates that moment of whatever activities for the children. A lot of times our spouses, our significant others, don't feel like they have input sometimes. We're so rigid on our, on our structure because right. we know. We know the, end, the benefits <laughs> and we know the end result. But they also have memories of their childhood. Our, right. our, they have memories of what they wanted as a child or needed as a child. And I think we need to respect that piece too. And what they enjoyed doing. And what they enjoyed doing. Yeah. And they can still do that. We just need to find the appropriate time to allow them to have that moment. I think my husband, he, with his dad specifically, uh, they watch movies together. Mm. And so he puts screen time and limits on screen time. It isn't as important to him. And, you know, in this day and age of, you know, establishing screen time rules and not too much time in front of the TV and we want to be more physical and stuff like that. I mean, he gets the physical part. He's very athletic. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot of physical things together. Yeah, yeah. Um, But... I think between him and me, he's a lot more permissive in the time that they can play the Wii or they can watch cartoons. And he's like, okay, let him go play while I get another hour of sleep. I'm like, that's an hour on the Wii. That's a lot of time. So I think that little disconnect between the two of us is it has a lot to do with his upbringing as well. Yeah, definitely. And and, but once again, hear hear him. Right. We got to hear him. They got to hear each other. But but understand that piece right now in the child's in the children's lives. Try to try to fit that in there. Try to let him have that right. piece. Let him have that Friday night movie night, Saturday night movie night, right. where he is in charge of it. It's his thing. Yeah, it's that his makes thing. Sense. And back away from it, and let him take control of that, right. and let him have that that time with his children. Um, it's it's another one of those control pieces. It is that we just have to understand. I get it. Evaluate. But once again, have that conversation. I get it. 
with your that aha moment. I get what you, I get it. This was part of you, just exactly what you told me. This was part of your childhood. This is something you enjoy. I want you to have that with your children. Imagine that conversation. Right. And he's been really good in incorporating what I like to do and what I did. The reading. He never read with his family. Yeah. He doesn't read. Um, so having him do that with us at night was is very important to me. Yeah. Or like yeah. go camping or do outdoor things. That's all mine. Mm-hmm. And he does a very good job of of playing right. along. Accommodating that. He, and he enjoys it a lot. Well, he's, he's learned, right? A different no, piece. Has. Oh, he's learned a lot. And you're learning from him. Right. And, as you're learning from your children. Um, so we talked a lot about Stephen mm-hmm. and his throwing fits. Um, oh, yes. Sam. Sam is so emotional. Like he's he's a loving boy. He is hard, he has such a huge heart. And he's he's developed this little cutesy thing. Oh, you, you're so cute and I love my little kitty. I mean, it's 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 really cute and he'll come up and hug you. I love you so much. Mm. But he his response to things is to cry. He has so much emotion and it just mm. comes out in mm. tears. Mm. So when he has to stop playing the Wii or when he has to do something he doesn't want to, he throws himself on the floor and cries like the world is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to take it seriously, number one. Yeah. And yeah. I get that he actually has this real emotion inside because this is not just like playing. He's actually sad. He is. Yeah. Um, he is. It's hard for me to stop and acknowledge that and cuddle him. And yeah. and then sometimes I'd say, Really? Yeah, <laughs> I just told you to turn off the Wii. I, I'm not going to give you emotional support for that. So All right, it's so that balance Once between. again, we have to remember, it's not about the Wii. It's not about the Wii. It's, it's about, about the transitions. transitions. And so let's let's review transitions again. Let's just go over transitions because that that's that's we cannot go over this enough with right. transitions. So transis, transi, no, transitions with children or anybody, but let's just look at our children. Transitions with anybody is we have to, number one, uh, be visually and um, and soundly aware of when that's going to happen. So, for example, we're playing the Wii, and your children are, have a 10-minute Wii time. Right. And they're so involved. 10 minutes is a very short period of time. And I'll extend one. it to but, 15 sometimes. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah. But you, I mean, once they start minutes. a game, they get right. another. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's hard. But it hard. Um, I understand how, how the value of, of it's a commodity in your home. Um, so in that in that 10 minutes, which is a valuable 10 minutes for you, that's reality because you can get dinner started, you can get laundry started, you can do so many things. You could go to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> but but in that moment of transition, if it's 10 minutes, let's just say the 10 minutes, then the last five, so you get five minutes of them playing by themselves and then five minutes, one adult needs to intervene and be there and engage mm-hmm. in what they're doing. Right. Because that piece of, because if you let them go for 10 minutes of 100% their time, they're 100% engrossed into that right. game, we got to bring them back out of that little reality, you know, back okay. into reality of what, what's happening next. So joining in what they're doing, okay. playing, narrating, seeing, interpreting what they're doing. Okay. So if they're racing race cars, oh my gosh, look at that. You guys are really, you got some great scores today. So that bring, kind of, bring them out a little bit. Bring them out a little bit. Bring them out a little okay. bit. So they know their brain will start transitioning to understanding when there's an adult in that room and the adult's interacting, that means it's getting close to mm-hmm. transition. Okay. And that just helps. That's normal teaching how to transition versus walking in and or an alarm going off. Right, which is lovely, which is fine. It gives them that that mental peace. Right. I'd much I would much rather analog clock 
Okay. So they could see visually. Yeah, that I have clock. a digital clock too. Analog, I like because I can better. see the tick, tick, okay. tick of the hand. Okay. And I also like to use a dry erase marker on the analog clock okay. where you can you can you can color in, shade in the area that this is when your time is up. When the time is up, okay. so they can visually see it. Um, but now you say Sam Sam has this explosion of emotions. So let's look at that. Right. So the volcano, right? The volcano erupts. And the last thing you want to do is sit there and look at this volcano erupting and give it any empathy. Right? <laughs> it's like, oh, really? <laughs> really? It's really for both of them. They just express it so differently. They do. They do. And so, one is anger and one is just sadness. And it's just yeah. so different. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in, if you look at it, if you take the two labels off of it, is it really anger or is it really sadness? It's he's showing tears. He's showing that he needs help. Yeah. Look at it from that perspective. I don't know what to do here. I'm overwhelmed. That's what that's that feeling. So it comes off to us as sadness, but it really is a communication of help me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Stephen, his anger and frustration, is it really anger? No, it's I need to move my body to make transitions. And when my body doesn't move, I only know how to make negative movements Right. in that moment. I don't know how to make it into a positive thing. I don't know how to use all that energy that I have from focusing on something when I'm done with focusing and, and move it into something more positive. Okay. So both of them just need new ways of, right, of expressing themselves. And that comes down to a conversation again, <laughs> one of those lovely conversations, but it's a conversation again about Sam. Every, when we transition, when we go do something new and we leave the we, and just talk about the we, you get really, really overwhelmed with that movement of doing that. So when you get really overwhelmed, you cry. You start crying. What do you, Sam, what do you need from me at that moment? I'm, I need to go make dinner, and I need that to happen. But I also see that you need something. What do you need from me? And sometimes he just wants to cling on my leg for a minute or two yeah. and get it out. Yeah. And then he's done. Yeah. Okay. And that's that, you know, it's just. Okay, I gotta just sit down on the floor and hold him for a little bit, and but it's just like you know, twenty times in one afternoon, it gets a bit much. It does. Okay, so you're saying this happens more than just. It's more than just with the we. It's more. It's it's it's, it's when he fights with Stephen, or when uh, Molly won't let him play with her toy, or you know when he doesn't want to put on his pajamas. I mean, it's not. It's it's any transition really, and then okay. whenever he is not happy, this is his reaction. Okay. Just okay. like for Steven, it's it's the anger or the throwing something. Yeah. It's yeah. this is a aggressive, more of an aggressive okay. outburst. Okay. Have you found yourself in reality tiptoeing around a lot of this sometimes just to avoid the tears? Naturally. It's easier for me to take the tears they than the aggression. It. Oh. Yeah. It's it's Again, you know, I really try to distract him. We try to move on to other well, things. Okay, that, that's, to, my, that's what I'm trying to say. So have, yeah. have you learned with Sam to, to yes, that's why, that's my, that was my, really my question. Have you yeah. learned to work around that so he doesn't really have to deal with those emotions? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's reality <laughs> parenting right there. That's what we do. Yes. We try to avoid certain situations, but like, the reality is this is never going to go away with Sam. This is a personality. Yeah. This is who he, this is his temperament. It is. This is Sam's temperament. So what we need to focus on really with Sam is getting to know that temperament and really helping him understand it and working through it. And that's where that communication of Sam, 
you cry 20 times throughout the day. 20 times today. Okay, it isn't that we're upset about you crying. It's that we kind of figure this out. Because everything you do shouldn't end up with a cry. Yeah. And we got to work this out. We got to figure out what, what would work better for you to transition. What would work better for you to understand, you know, are we going to give a focus? I mean, you say, I just, I know you, you say as a, parent, a guilty parent, I know I should just sit down and hold him and work through it. Okay. That's your, that's your thoughts at that point. But you can't, in reality, sit down 20 times throughout the day. And when he's at school, his teachers can't do that either. Right. So it's not, I, I get you're trying to figure him out and you're trying to give and, and hold him. But we got to find other ways to hold him and not when he's crying. So in his schedule, right? We talk about Sam's schedule. Yeah. And in your mind, he needs more physical attention, positive physical attention. When Snuggle he wakes time. up in the morning, yeah. what does he ask for? What is the first thing he asks for when he wakes up in the morning? I will go in, I will rub their back, I will sing them a little good morning song, oh, oh. I will physically get the clothes and get them dressed it, under the covers. Got it, got it, and Because it's easier for yeah. me. And it's like a snuggle time. It is. It, it's physical, physical touch. touch yes. loving, happy. I'm singing a happy good morning song to start the day out yeah. right because yeah. I can't just start yelling that early in the morning. It yeah. ruins yeah. it for everybody. Well, I mean, and that's what we're talking about is, is finding what a child needs when they first start the day. Right. So we don't have to spend the rest of the day yeah. looking for it. And that's that's something we're really going to look at, too, with Sam and, and understand that. Right. I want to look at Stephen real quick because okay. Stephen is that physical, right? I need physical um, boundaries and limits, but I also need to release. Right. So with the same thing with Sam, and we're, we're really focusing on his physical touch, positive touch mm-hmm. needs and, and that piece. Stephen needs what? More physical boundaries or he needs time to release himself more physically right is that kind of what you're no he i think he does yeah he needs an outlet and i don't have that physical outlet physically in my home and you know just environmentally okay so that's something we definitely will need to talk further on is how we can provide for steven um activities in the home and it isn't always about the large motor activities it really comes down to a lot of core activities that we can work on with steven that will, for example, I'll just give you a real quick one before we have to end today, is um, sitting on an exercise ball while he's playing the Wii. Okay. That internal, using those core muscles while he's, while he's sitting on something and right. balancing will drain him as much as climbing up a apparatus. No, I see that. So we can find other okay. aspects that we can work on for Sam and Stephen to give those physical needs that these two boys really crave. As I imagine him bouncing all over the house and then crashing into something. And well, yes. Well, blood, within, within, blood, parameters, the <laughs> within parameters. <laughs> and then, we're gonna, then we can focus on, Molly, you know, Molly's being very clear, too, about what her needs are. So right. I think we're going to continue this conversation and continue to look at how we can manage behaviors with our children and understanding what the needs are for the parents, husband and wife in right. this case, and our children, and how they communicate those by their behaviors. Today, Maya was working um, and trying to understand how behaviors translate into children's needs, how our children's behaviors are a clear understanding and, and picture of what our, really, or what our children are, are constantly trying to communicate to us. 
we get stuck in our ideas, our schedules, our routines, um, and also it's it's hard to to listen to our children. So one thing that came up was one of the pieces was what are the needs of each individual person, adults, parents, also the children, and how to accommodate them and to the everyday schedules that we already have existing and how to understand how to accommodate them by being aware of them, by um, hearing, by telling our children we understand this is what their body might be needing, what they, they might be needing, and trying to work with the children um, in creating a schedule that um, incorporates those needs into the everyday schedule. The next piece is number two was really focusing on getting to know, once again, the children. What is the needs? Maya's needs were time and purpose. Stephen's needs were physical, draining activities, so he can make those decisions, those, those better decisions. Um, once we have a body that is physically drained, then that child is more organized, and that organized body and brain will make better choices. Sam, he really uh, needs his need of emotional and physical touch being met without having to tantrum, without having to melt down, without having to create big environments, big emotions to get the needs, uh, to get his emotional needs met. So that would be something we'd want to work on with Sam of, of putting in time. It might be really accommodating his needs in the morning for more cuddle time. It might be two or three minutes of waking him up without loud noises and just some physical touch. Um, might start his day off without having to seek it out throughout the day. And then the last piece of respect for the family needs are each parent having their needs understood. For example, the one piece that we're, we focused on with Maya was dad's wanting and his desire to have a special time with his children. And in his view of special time, it's watching a movie or a video with his children, because that is something from his childhood and what he valued as a child was that time. And so Maya got that and understood that, um, that dad was very accommodating of her needs of wanting to breed and wanting to go camping and, and, and do other activities. And what Maya is going to hopefully focus on is what her husband's needs are and what he would like to share with his children and allowing that time and that energy for dad and the space for dad to implement also um, something that he would enjoy doing with his children. We are looking forward to how Maya has implemented the strategies we discussed in her everyday parenting with her family. Everyday Parenting is produced by me, Teresa Wang. The recording studio and equipment is courtesy of Abra Sussman, whose podcast Everyday Magic is coming to a device near you soon. Check it out at abrasussman.com slash everydaymagic. The music you hear in our podcast is courtesy of Stephen Morell. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you thought of today's podcast, or tell us what you want to hear about, or just tell us what you had for breakfast. You can reach us at everydayparentingpodcast.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash everydayparentingpodcast or Twitter, where our handle is Podcast Parents. To make sure you catch our next episode, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or however you download podcasts. And make sure you rate us. It helps more people find us.